welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Man, I just felt it so heavy on my heart as I was worshiping, as we're just declaring these truths about God and who He is and the battle that we're facing as we step into a new year. And, and I don't know, somebody in here is just feeling a heaviness, like this is just where you need to be at. You just need to know God hears you and that He loves you and that He wants to meet you exactly where you're at. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you that you are here with us right now because we're two or more gather in your name. There you are also. God, I pray for an encouragement today. I, I pray that you would light a fire within us, that we would pursue you with everything that we've got, that we would trust in you, that we would finally surrender everything and know that you have got a better plan for our lives than anything we could dream of. God, we thank you for this time together. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move, that you would help me get out of the way so that whatever you have to say comes through. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, you can go ahead and grab a seat. Good morning, everybody. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is TJ. Came up all emotional, crying on you right out of the gate. So I'm being vulnerable. It'll be good to get to know you. You can cry to me later. Let the tears run. Oh, there's just something about a moment with God, though, when he speaks to you. And I'm, I'm really thankful and honored and privileged for this opportunity to connect with each of you today. I mean, last week we get hit with a snowstorm and have to make this challenging and difficult decision to not be able to gather. So for us to have our first time in the new year connecting right now with each and every one of you, I believe that God has something for each and every one of us in this new year. I mean, new year brings all kinds of new things, right? Who out there already has their New Year's resolutions? Not too many of you? How many of you didn't raise your hand because you already had one and then failed? That's cool, though, because we have all kinds of them, right? Like, I'm going to get in shape this year. I got my gym membership. And then the only time you see the gym is when it pops up in your email saying you were charged for the month. (laughs) That's a true story. I'll, I'll own that one. Or maybe, or maybe you're like, hey, this is the year I'm going to find love, and I'm going to go on Christian Mingle. Find me a good companion. And you don't have one match yet. Like, forget this stuff. I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to back out. See, because we want to be able to set up new habits within our lives, and in order to have new habits, we need to figure out new routines, new rhythms, new ways to continue to do something to step into it. And it's easy to step out of it when you try so hard at first and you don't succeed. Well, they say try, try again. But sometimes trying just is not enough. And I think that this series that we're kicking the year off with is going to be something to help each and every one of us, to help us from try, stop trying to have behavior modification, trying to have actions to dictate how we're going to make decisions and move forward into the dreams and the goals that we have for ourselves, but to say, no, what does God have to say about it? How do I start with what God's truth is so that I can pursue everything that he has for me? I'm going to give you an example because it's really easy to get into the same ruts of life, right? You try to make a change and then a rut. Like, you ever been driving, you get caught in a rut, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm just going the direction of this thing. Like one of those kids rides, your kid drives the car, and they've got you, so it just takes you the right direction. They're just clanging into every side, and you're like, man, I'm stuck in this rut, and it's not fun. I have a headache afterwards, but I'm just stuck. We've been playing Mario Kart lately with our kids. Anybody? Old school, you had to play Mario at some time, Mario Kart, but 
There's new levels and there's new tracks. And at first it's like, man, my kids are beating me and this isn't cool. So I had to get serious about it. <laughs> Melissa and I practicing together at night, like, you want to play Mario Kart? I think they're asleep. <laughs> date night, Mario Kart. And we're very competitive, so it's not always a good date ending. But the thing is, as you do the same levels over and over again, you start to know where all the turns are. And you're like, oh, this is easy. Here we go. And then you get better and better at them until you try to do the mirror track. The mirror track is the same track, only flipped in reverse. And then you're crashing in the walls and you're going all over the place. Now, maybe you've never played Mario Kart or you don't know what I'm talking about. But the point of this story is that we can find ourselves getting into different paths and routines. And we feel like, man, we got this track down. We got this track called life down. Or I'm trying to make changes in my life, but I'm falling in the same track. But to do a new route, a new track, can be challenging. See, but this is what we want to talk about today because we feel that that battle starts in our minds. So we're going to be going through a book called Winning the War in Your Mind. It is a really awesome book. We're actually, if, if you're a guest with us, or you're not a guest with us, you've been with us for a long time, fill out a Connect card. Because anybody who submits one today is going to go into a little drawing and we're going to give out a few of them. It's written by Craig Rochelle. He's a pastor. Uh, and, and it's been so impactful on our lives, and there's four parts to it. So we felt like it was suitable to have a series broken up into the four different parts, the same as this book, because we think that it's so important that we have to win the war in our mind first. Winning the war in our mind. And if you have your Bible with you today, and if not, that's cool. I'll be throwing a verse up behind me in a moment. But I'm being John 8 to kick things off. Before we get there, I just want to let you know, like the Bible, if you're a guest with us or maybe haven't been to church in a while, it's not something to be intimidated by. It's not a rule book telling you everything that you have to do so that God will love you. God loved you, so he wrote a love story about how to follow him, about the grace he's given to us, and it culminates with him sending his son Jesus to die for us. And in John 8, verse 44, Jesus is talking about the enemy. He's talking about the things that we face in this life. And there is one enemy, and he is the devil. And in this verse it says, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So we get caught up in all these lies, these lies in our minds that we believe to be true, and it's the enemy trying to sow these seeds, and he's not very clever with how he does it. He just continues to spew the same lies. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Nobody loves you. You're not worthy. You have no value. Over and over again until it just gets so loud in your mind and you can't drown it out, so you just decide to accept it. That's how he fights but we're going to have the opportunity to win that war because we have victory and his name is Jesus. I'm going to say that again. We have victory and it has a name and that name is Jesus. So the lies, the father of lies that is coming at us, you know what? We have a response to that. And it's the title of my message if you're taking notes is tell the truth and shame the devil. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Anybody ever heard that expression before? Nobody has. Cool. <laughs> well, now you have, and this is the start of a new day. 
But the concept behind it is to say that the enemy who's spewing lies for us to be able to tell the truth, to live in God's truth, is a way to shame the devil, to say, you know what, you cannot gain a foothold. And it was first used by a pastor named Hugh Latimer in 1555. Four years later, though, Henry IV, Shakespeare stole it. He's like, man, that's a good line from that preacher. I'm going to use it. But we're, we're just surrounded by so much brokenness in this world and within our own lives. And we start to feed in and just believe in the lies that the enemy wants to spew at us. So we feel like it is so important, and what better time than to kick off a brand new year to say, all right, God, I want to start by winning the war in my mind. Winning the war in our mind. Craig Rochelle, who wrote this, here's a quote from the book that I want to read for you. That's really great. And he says, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think will shape who we become. What we think will shape what we become. Here's some false lies that were believed long, long ago. The world is flat. And to us, it's funny now because, you know, we see pictures from outer space, but it's something that was believed. Alexander Graham Bell, he was the inventor when really he wasn't the first. Here's one that got me this week. Vitamin C. It does not prevent nor cure a cold. I'm just wondering how many moms are out there like, what? I bought emergencies. I've got the chewables. I've been drinking that stuff for how long? Because I, I was just having fun. Like, well, what are some common things that we don't? And, and vitamin C, because that's what we do. Oh, man, I'm starting to get a cold. Maybe we should drink some orange juice, get all this vitamin C and just take it. There is no scientific evidence that that helps whatsoever. Sorry. And you're welcome. Sorry you've been living in that lie, but you're welcome. You don't have to keep paying for it. <laughs> it's not to say vitamin C is not good for you. I'm sure there's some other things. I didn't do that kind of research. I just want to know about that specific thing. Is it going to help your cold? The answer is no. You can research it too. If you fact check it, I'll come up and I'll apologize next week. <laughs> but based on my research, I feel very, very confident about this. <laughs> it's funny though, because that's a lie that we've just believed to be true. So we've accepted it as that. And our lives are filled with them. But I do think that the ones that are even more critical and more impactful on us are the lies that we tell ourselves about who we are and how we're not good enough. And in this series, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey. We're going to go on a journey through these four steps of replace, rewire, reframe, and rejoice. It's the four different parts of the book. So if you end up getting the book and you want to read and stay on with us, uh, that would be awesome. If you win a book... That would be even cooler because it's free. I like free stuff, and then you can read along with us. But we think it's important for us to be able to navigate what that looks like to win the battle within our minds so that we can start to fight back. See, cognitive behavioral therapy, it is a really fancy term, right? Like, what is it? I didn't know either, but I started doing some research. This is my week of research, I think. We had two weeks. I was, I was in it. Let's go. But cognitive behavioral therapy, it's because scientists and psychologists have actually come to accept that the thoughts that we have in our mind actually have an impact on us with things like anxiety, depression, eating disorders, relational tensions, all of those things. And cognitive behavioral therapy is what they use as a tool to help reframe your mind, 
to help say, how do we get rid of the ruts and start believing new truths? Because our future is based on what our thoughts are right now. The things that we think about right now are going to dictate the way that we approach each day and the outcomes that we see. When you feel stuck in negativity and you're like, man, I don't know why tomorrow's stunk. I didn't even get there yet. I'm just assuming it will. Because these lies in our head that we just start to believe. But I just really love when science catches up to God. Some people look at you crazy like, how do you have faith? But that's what faith is. It's having belief in things that are unseen. But this cognitive behavioral therapy, it was first written in Proverbs 23, 7, where it says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. The things that we think about, the things that resonate within us, dictate who we become in the future. So let's start fighting that battle together. How about it? What we think today will determine who we become tomorrow. So I'll ask, do you like where you're headed? Let's reflect on that for a minute. Do you? Maybe you have an incredibly positive outlook on life and you are in God's word daily and that's incredible. You need to get yourself around some other people and help influence them too. But I know I struggle with it. I have my days. I'm like, God, I just really need your help right now. I need you to be in the center of it. Philippians 4, 8 to 9 says, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. <laughs> Apostle Paul just sharing such incredible insight on the things for us to focus on because where your thoughts are is where your future is going to lead and he's trying to encourage people. We have to focus on the things that are good. And there's really three things that he, that he as an order of impact here. The first is to think. So let's think about the things that are good. Think on these things. But then he says, do. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. So you need to do something about it too. Because as we reframe the way that we think and we start to trust in God's truth, as you actually put it into practice and you get to see him move through it, the more confidence that you'll have in it. And say, all right, I want to continue to do this. I'm creating a rhythm and a pattern to trust in God. And then lastly, and the God of peace will be with you. You get to be in his presence. God is with you. You need to know that he's got your back. Even if you're dealing with some challenges, you might be going through some tough times, but he's with you. He's saying, let's continue to focus on things that are good. Focus on God. Focus on what he has for us. So for this week, what I want to talk about is the replacement principle. Did everybody say replacement principle? I had a hard time saying it. I felt like I was, you know... I, feel, I felt like we all need to do that together. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> but the replacement principle is saying, all right, I'm going to remove the lies and replace them with truth. Remove the lies, replace them with truth. 
what I called it is the cognitive biblical therapy. Thanks, London. I appreciate that. I was pumped about that too. But saying, all right, God, in order for me to be able to make a change, for one, you have to be able to identify the lies. Identify those things in your mind that are continuing to swirl around that the enemy is trying to plant seeds and say, nope, that's a lie. Now I want to replace it with God's truth. Replacement. And in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we get a spirit of power. We just sang about that. His power is within us, but we have a spirit of his love that's within us, but a spirit of a sound mind. Say, God, I'm going to think on these things because you are going to help me do it. And in the NIV version, it actually says self-discipline. Sound mind takes self-discipline. I'm going to take the time to be in God's word, to study his truth so that I can replace it. And then you need to regurgitate it, go over it again and again and again. We all have examples in our lives. See, my story is no different than a lot of your stories. Before I even knew Jesus, I struggled with depression, anxiety, those feelings of not being good enough, like what, what's the use of even trying in life, like struggling with suicidal thoughts, because to me, I was believing these lies. And it's one thing if you know Jesus and have a relationship with him, you're still being attacked and it's still a challenge. But when you don't have that relationship with Jesus, it's hard for you to identify what the real truth is because there is only one truth and his name is Jesus. So as I'm going through life just trying to figure it out and try to find success by the world's standards, but I'm just feeling depressed and I'm feeling broken down. I'm feeling like, man, life just isn't worth it. And I'm feeding into the lies because... This world that we live in will tell you that you need to accumulate stuff. You need to know people. You need to get into a position of power. You need to do all of these things in order to have value. And then when you don't, you believe the lie that you're not good enough. And I was there with you. But God wants to remove the lies and replace them with his truth. The only way to do that, though, is to spend time with God. And study his truth. Study what he has to say about you. Who he says that you are. God's not done yet. Whatever brought you to this point, wherever you're at, whether you're in this room, maybe you're online, maybe you're watching this down the road. But God's saying, I'm not done yet. And I'm ready to replace those lies in your life that you keep believing. Trust me. Think on these things. Come close to me. Meditate on these things. See, meditation has turned into some worldly weird thing. No offense. No, actually, I do intend to offend. Because true meditation is biblical meditation is to think on God's word, to meditate on God's word. The world loves to take things that are from the Bible and flip it, and then people don't even realize that it's just being manipulated and used differently. That's, that's how the enemy works, the father of lies. And he takes these part truths and he tries to twist them and get you to go on these little rabbit trails and try to create these new paths and it's just getting nowhere and you're stuck in a rut. But there is hope for us all. 
In Ephesians 6.12 it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We have got to know that we are fighting an enemy that is not a person that just frustrated you because they're riding you as you're driving down the street. Or they cut you off. Or your employer that, you know, you you just have to keep working there, but they're just always putting you down, always talking negatively. But if we put a face to these things, it needs to be the face of an enemy because it is a spiritual battle. We need to identify who our foe is. And it's not each other. Is not. It is a spiritual battle that we are facing. In John 10, 10, it says the devil is coming to, ste- to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's why in the verse that we read this morning where Jesus is speaking about who the devil is, when he says he is a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Because a lie believed is truth, will affect your life as if it were true. The more we keep believing these lies, it will impact our lives as though they are true. Telling yourself, I'm not qualified for that job, so I'm not even going to apply. I'm not worth being loved, so I'm not even going to try Christian Mingle. Forget that. That was a funny joke, but it's not, I'm not even going to put myself out there because I'm just not worth being loved. And this life just isn't worth it. I keep facing so much adversity and so much struggle and so much pain and so much heartache that it's not even worth it. Lies, lies, lies. But I am so thankful that we have the truth we can rest on. I am so thankful that we have a Savior in Jesus who came so that we could have a direct relationship with God, that we can go to him with everything and say, hey, I need your help in this because I'm believing these lies, but I know the truth is not this. Help me replace them. You don't have to do it alone. Battle belongs. We're going to sing that song again. That's a new song, and it's been resonating in our hearts because we need to identify the fact that the battle belongs to God and not us, but he's saying you got to fight, though. we got to be willing to fight. We have a part in it. But in this battle that we're fighting, we're on the winning team already. We already get to declare victory as we're following God. So I'm like, hey, let's go. I'm ready to battle. Packer fans, I'm sorry. It's not that kind of fight. You guys aren't going to win every game. What if the lies that are holding you back, you've allowed to just create a jail cell, but there's not even a lock on it? You could just open the door and walk out into freedom. Man, God has incredible purpose for your life. There was a moment in time where God, he put it on our hearts to go into full-time ministry. It's not something... We knew our whole lives we wanted to do. Melissa was going to be a teacher and then being able to raise three crazy boys. I was pursuing success in the business world. And God started to put this on our hearts like, you're supposed to plan a church. Like, what? No way. Nope, I'm believing the lie that I'm not good enough. 
I'm believing the lie that I didn't follow the process the way everybody else did. I'm going to believe the lie that we're not called to this because it was a little scary. The enemy will use lies to try to take you out before you even get started. And I'm so thankful that we had each other to look at one another and say, let's replace those lies with truth. What does God have to say about it? I'm so thankful that we had people in our lives to remind us of the truth about who God is and to say, I use broken people, that I can take people from nothing and I can do something because I've got a plan greater than anything you can imagine. And he wants this for all of us. I'm not telling you, you got to go plan a church. We want you to stay here. This is cool. But there's a call on your life where you're at that God wants to use you, but you're allowing the lies in your head to prevent you from even trying. So how do we trust in God to say, God, help me replace those lies with the truth, with your truth, with what you want to do, with what you're saying to me? Because I'm tired of believing the lies. I'm tired of being stuck in this rut because I want to turn my rut into a trench. See, when you go into battle and you dig trenches, it's for protection. It's so that I can get down in it and I can creep up on my enemy and I can attack. So I want to shovel that dirt. Let's build a trench together and let's fill in those ruts. What do you say? You with me? I thought of a great illustration. We would just bring a whole bunch of dirt in here. And then I'm like, man, that would take forever to clean up. They wouldn't let us back into school. But picture that. Picture just a mound of dirt here and all these ruts there, and we're just digging. I'm ready to dig deep with you. If you're ready to dig with me. We got one another. We got each other's backs. And because we can pursue Jesus together, that we can say, God, your plan for our lives is bigger than anything that we could do on our own, and that together you want to use us to do something special, let's come together that way. There is no greater way to have someone speak truth into your life than when you have a fellow believer in Jesus to speak that truth into you. Can't tell you how many times talking to friends or Melissa where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm believing this lie right now. And she's like, yeah, but here's the truth about who God is. Hey, do you remember when God did that? How many times has God worked in your life and you've already forgotten about it because you've already let the lie replace it? We're letting lies replace truth. Come on, that makes no sense. Like right now, you're no longer going to buy vitamin C. <laughs> so let's stop believing the truth when we're here on Sunday and then walking into Monday like, yeah, that was good then, but I'm going to believe the lie again here. Man, and the enemy will do it to try to divide you, to pull you out, to isolate you and keep you away from community because he knows when you're alone, it's his voice that you're hearing over and over and over. And his voice starts to sound like your own voice. Man, let's squash that garbage. I'm ready to declare the truth of who God says we are. Trust in the plans that he has for our lives, not the enemy. Because he's got a purpose far beyond anything we could imagine. So as we go into 2022, I'm not worried about working out and getting in shape, even though that would be cool. But I want to say, God, what do you have for my life to impact your kingdom? How do we share your truth so that other people's lives are impacted and changed? Because I know what it feels like to live in depression and anxiety. I know what it feels like to be lost and broken. I know what it feels like to feel so alone like I have no one and I just want it to end. 
But when Jesus entered my life and changed everything, I want everybody to know about that. So I need your help, God, to believe your truth over the lies that keep coming in my head. Because I need people to be transformed. And the battle belongs to him, not us, but he's asking us to fight. And we get to fight together. We are not alone in it. Here's the thing, though. You can't change what you don't confront. You can't change what you don't confront. So if you don't confront the lies, if you don't take some time to process and say, what is the biggest lie? I'm going to give you some homework this week, okay? Identify one lie that the enemy has been putting in your mind. I'm sure there's probably multiple because I have a lot of them too. Identify one and then spend time in God's word and read the Bible and find a truth that he says about it. And I'm going to give some examples today. I might have even done your homework for you in advance. You can just walk out of here like, oh, I did it. I just get to read that verse. Because you cannot confront, you can't confront anything that you haven't identified and acknowledged. Second Corinthians 10, three to five. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. You know, you can take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You can take that thought captive. A sound mind, self-control. Nope, I'm not believing that lie. I'm trusting in the truth of what God says because I'm taking that thought captive. We must fight back. We must fight back. We have to take back ground. Are you with me? And there's a battle that is waging in our minds. But we need to replace the lies with God's truth. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We've identified it. We've identified who we're up against. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Anytime I try to understand how to fight these battles, though, and how to put into practice any principle that I feel like God is putting on our hearts, I look to Jesus and say, how did Jesus do it? What did he do? Because as soon as he were baptized and he came out of the water to step into his ministry, he was sent out into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He was fighting a battle day after day after day. And we get some insight into that battle and what was taking place. See, the enemy comes and approaches Jesus and says, hey, I know you're hungry. And we're going to be entering a time of prayer and fasting starting tomorrow. And you're going to have a whole lot of these lies coming in your head. I know you're hungry. Eat that Twinkie. <laughs> you know you want that fried chicken. That one thing you said, I'm going to fast. So here Jesus is in the wilderness and he's hungry. And the enemy comes to him and says, hey, why don't you just turn that rock into some bread and have at it? You know, you're the son of God. You can do those things. But Jesus' response is, we do not eat on bread alone. He responds with the truth of the scripture. Because it was so ingrained in his heart 
See, when God comes at us, when God is threatening us, or when the enemy's threatening us, I'm sorry. You're like, yeah, I was listening, that was funny. When the enemy is threatening us, God is saying, I have a truth and a word for you to respond with. God's word is a weapon. And that's what Jesus did. He responded to him and he wielded at him. And then from there, the enemy's like, hey, I'm not going to give up. Now I'm going to use God's word to tempt him again and say, hey, why don't you jump off this cliff? The angels will come and save you because you have power and control over everything. And Jesus responds, you do not put the Lord God to the test. See, the enemy will try to take and twist and turn all kinds of lies. That's what he'll do. He'll take God's word and try to have us think about it differently. Whole churches have been divided over it because they think or believe something different about this scripture. That scripture is like, man, no, we need to understand the truth about who God is and seek him and then declare it against the real enemy, which is the devil who is prowling like a lion looking to kill and destroy. So he comes at him a third time and says, hey, check it out. He takes him to this cliff and oversees the worldly kingdom and says, bow to me and I'll give you all of this. And Jesus responds, away from me, Satan. You know you have the power to say, get away from me, Satan. You have the power to say, get back in Jesus' name and he must flee. That is power we have through his Holy Spirit living within us. That we can declare those things and say, get back because I am not believing those lies and I'm going to wield the truth as my weapon. There is a battle for our souls and it starts in our mind. And I am ready to win the battle in my mind, are you? I'm ready to fight back. I'm ready to say, I am done believing the lies that the enemy continues to put into my mind. And God, I want to trust your truth. So even if I got to wipe the dust off of that Bible, even if I got to go buy one, you know what? There's a free Bible app called YouVersion. All kind of, there's a verse of the day. You just open it up. It says here, and someone's teaching you about it. There are so many tools that God is using to make his word so easily accessible. Don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss the chance to spend time in God's word because his truth he wants to use to replace the lies in your mind that have been holding you back for too long. It's time to break free. It's time to break free because God's saying, I've already got the key and I've picked the lock and I've opened it up, but you just got to come out of that cell. Don't put yourself there. Don't let the enemy hold you there and keep you there because I have freedom for you. It's lonely in the darkness. Step into my glorious light. Man, God is not done working. He's got a plan for each of your lives. Us collectively together, but we have got to fight the lies. And we have to trust the fact that we are fighting a battle. A battle that we already have the victory in Jesus. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Man. You cannot defeat what you don't define, so you must define the lies so that you can defeat them with God's help. Lies, lies coming at us. I'm a failure. Well, you know the truth? I am more than a conqueror through Christ. 
There's no way I can do it. I'm not even going to try. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will not believe that lie because I trust in him and his plan for my life. I'm not good enough. Romans 12, too. This will get you right here. But you are a chosen people. You feel like no one would pick you. God chose you. You are a royal priesthood. Did you know that you're royalty when you step into relationship with Jesus? You might feel like the least of these, feel like you're an outcast, like you're an outsider, but God say, no, in my family, you're royalty. Believe that truth. You are a holy nation. Holy, that word means set apart. God has set us apart for something so special. So you feel like you're trapped and you're just stuck in a broken world, but God might have you there for a purpose. He's saying, but I've set you apart there. I want you to be a light in the middle of it because you are a holy nation. This is my favorite one. You are God's special possession. If you're anything like me, you've struggled with feeling like you have no value or you seek value and gratification through other people and other things and it never quite measures up. But God is saying, you are my special possession. Replace the lies with that truth about who God is. Because there is victory on the other side of it. Let's start digging some trenches and filling up the ruts that have held us back for too long. God's plans are greater than anything we could imagine, but we have got to start trusting him, putting our hope in him and saying, God, help me identify the lies in my life and help me replace them with your truth. Some of you in this place have been struggling with the fact that God doesn't love you. You've been believing the lie that you're not good enough for his love. You've been believing the lie that you've got to get your life together. You've got to figure things out and then you can approach God. Those are lies, lies, lies. God is available and accessible to everyone. His word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. He's going after broken people. He's going after lost people. And right now, he's speaking to some of your hearts in this room, and you've never made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus before. But today, you're going to have that opportunity. Today, you're going to have an opportunity to take your first step in defeating that first lie that you are not loved because you are a child of God. I want to ask in this space, if, if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads and your, closing your eyes, I want to make it a safe space in here. Because in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, if you say yes, that you would love to step into a relationship with Jesus, I would just ask you to shoot your hand up high. Because the things that God has been speaking and revealing to your heart right now, those are truths. Those are truths about the love that he has for you. And he wants you to have an endless relationship with him. And there's nothing you can do to earn it because he paid the price with his life. So when I get to three, if that's you, I just ask if you'd shoot your hand in the air. One, you need to know that Jesus came and he died specifically for you. And that too, he didn't just die, but he rose again. Now he's seated on high in heaven and he is there petitioning on your behalf. And three, if that's you, could you shoot your hand up today? Thank you. 
Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. You can put your hands down. I want to pray right now for those who just made that decision to step into a relationship with Jesus, to make the greatest decision that they ever could. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you transform lives, that you meet us in our brokenness, and that you have told us that we are your chosen people, that we are a royal priesthood, that we are a holy nation, that we are your special possession. So God, I pray that today that truth would remain constant in their lives and everyone's life in this room. We are sorry for where we fall short, but we thank you for the forgiveness of our sin. God, we praise you and we celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.